Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So thank you so much for listening to the, the podcast, and this is a solo episode. And I have a few notes in front of me, and it's kind of coming up more and more when I am talking to new clients coming in. I'm very grateful for having a business during this weird time because I know a lot of people have are struggling with what is happening and companies and businesses and all that kind of stuff is is having a lot of impact on people's health mental health uh, and life and and family life and stuff like that so today's topic is and that is kind of coming up more and more is a topic that is kind of called self-sabotage and more and more people are saying that when they're gonna go on a diet or they're doing something they have a self-sabotage but the most important thing for us right now is to try to understand a definition of what self-sabotage is um, because I think I would also put this caveat out there that I am not a trained mental health professional I am working off what other experts have said I am working off what the sources have said so if you feel feel that you have any of the things that I talk about today or if you feel you are you are struggling with some of these things or struggling to manage some of these things please do go and talk to a mental health professional I will always recommend people go and talk to a mental health professional if they are struggling mentally and unfortunately a lot of people are struggling mentally with what is happening at the minute it will come like covid it will come in different different waves all shapes and sizes no matter how big no how no matter how little the the problems seem to be to yourself just know that there is support and i think that's really really important to say that there is support there are people out there that can help there are people out there that you can you can't talk to you but the the whole thing of self sabotage, it's a behavior that is said to be sort of self sabotaging when it comes to problems in kind of daily life and interferes with long standing goals. So, for example, one of the long standing goals would be for a lot of people to kind of live and maintain a healthy, refreshing life that they actually want to live and feel confident, feel good in their own clothes. The kind of the most common self sabotaging behaviors kind of include procrastination self-medication with drugs or alcohol comfort eating and forms of self self-injury uh such as kind of like coding and stuff like that so if you have any of those or are self-medicating with drugs or anything like that please do when you're comfort eating and binge eating and i know i've said this before like binge eating comes in different shapes and sizes different severities and sometimes that word can be thrown around too much that people may think that having some chocolate is almost a binge eating if they've only had like a chocolate bar enjoy the chocolate bar uh, but it's also a language that we use around certain topics and stuff like that which needs to be taken into account but so what weight loss or what self-sabotage could look like for someone who is on a weight loss journey and i'm going to stay to what i know which is how to help people along a weight loss journey one of the things and one of the stories that has come up recently is i exercise this morning so i've earned this pizza I'm stressed out after a rough day and chocolate helps me to relax. I can treat myself. And if you have been working with me and you've listened to this, when people say the the word treat, I can respond back with sometimes an annoying answer and say, I don't understand what that treat word means. And it's important the language that we use around things. It's the weekend and I ate healthy all week, so I deserve this bottle of wine or this pizza, this whatever it may be. So there is a caveat. There's not such thing as good or bad foods. Their foods cannot have more of do not have a moral compass. So how can they good be good or bad? But a lot of those stories, a lot of those things that we tell ourselves, 
about kind of oh I've done a hit session now so I've I think I've burned loads of calories you don't you don't necessarily burn as many calories as you think when you are doing it when you exercise we ultimately don't burn as many and then you're then because you trained or you've exercised that morning then you go off and potentially have a pizza or a Chinese or a takeaway whatever it may be and it kind of you think it's going to cancel each other out it's what you do over time that's going to get you to your goal or whatever it may be there is no quick fix to anything that we ever do there's going to be highs and lows and whatever we do in the years that i've been coaching people on how to lose weight gain muscle understand cycles i've heard countless clients say i'd be able to lose weight if only i were able to self stop stop self-sabotaging and they're right many people sabotage their weight loss goals i'm going to try and give you a few little tips that i've kind of ingrained with my clients and kind of done research on and i would always stay in my lane on this kind of side of stuff so i am hesitant to put this episode out i'm going to try and understand why you might be doing things and try to figure out how to kind of overcome it so the big thing to kind of ask yourselves is are you a self-sabotager so see if either of these kind of sound like you i'm going to paint a bit of picture for you you're careful for a while lose some weight and improve your fitness and then gradually revert back to your old ways and then you're back to square one then the second one is are you know exactly what to do but can't seem to do it you feel like you could write a diet book with everything you know about weight loss but you don't actually act on it the truth is there's a massive difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it it's very easy to hop from one diet to the next without ever sticking with anything the word diet in the dictionary means short term so you shouldn't be dieting for the majority of the year you need to, sh- to to kind of have shorter dieting periods in your life i've had clients who have dieted for 30 years of their life and never been able to manage or adjust or get the results they're looking for and some people have come to me said like they've managed to lose a stone and then put on four and it, it like nobody should be should have to have that battle all the time everyone has the right to feel and look how they want and nobody should take that away from us success with anything or their lack of in this case comes down to our mindset our psychology and our habits no diet that is solely based on the food you will eat will ever help you figure out why you gained weight in the first place it's a whole picture it's a holistic picture a diet won't fix emotional mindless stress-induced eating and it won't fix habitual compulsive binge eating basically a diet won't help get to the root cause of why you overeat people often think of a fear of failure as holding them back i frequently kind of hear the sentence i don't want this to be yet another failed diet attempt but surprisingly it's a fear of success that holds people back the most which is really really interesting the best diet won't matter no matter how determined you want might feel if a part of you wants to destroy progress towards your goal it will happen self-sabotage seems to happen when you're scared of success why would you be scared of success well look how, look let's look at this picture right so well if you're successful any number of fears could be realized for instance you won't have food as a way to temporary escape or quite your mind or at work or at home obviously the lines are a little bit blurred at the minute or you'll have to deal with uncomfortable feelings such as self-doubt regret disappointment or fear because you're not suppressing them with food maybe you'll lose the once i lose the weight i will finally be happy that kind of mentality kind of can come in 
safety blanket that protects you from taking action on intimidating and but ultimately rewarding prospect these are real 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 uh, physiological roadblocks but nothing can't be overcome to break from a pattern of self-sabotage you need to get to the root of why you're sabotaging yourself and i think it's really really important to understand them and what actually causes it and some of the things that kind of can come up is a previous self kind of a previous situation like a traumatic childhood or a toxic relationship and they can derail you or have this mental barrier for yourself they may have soothed you or defended you but these methods of kind of coping can cause difficulties when we want when your situation changes so some of the kind of the the bigger big massive contributing factors are kind of include patterns learned in childhood the patterns laid down in our earliest relationships often repeat in relationships throughout life we're attached to kind of these ideologies these patterns they mean something to us and they're hard very very hard to give up say you had for example a parent that never paid much attention to you unless you were angry you know it's a good thing to get mad at people or get get mad at people but they're they are something very compelling about it because of this upbringing getting people angry was the only way to get get you interest so you feel stuck in this pattern where it's tempting to kind of or even attractive to get people mad at you to kind of aggravate people to get to be aggro towards someone this might show up, for example in your job where you just can't get just can't seem to get show up on time at first kind of like your supervisor or whatever it may be or your boss is forgiving and encouraging but as time goes on and on and on you still fail to be on time your supervisor gets angry and eventually fires you past relationships can also have a massive impact if you didn't feel supported or heard when you asked for what you needed in previous relationships romantic or otherwise you might struggle to communicate effectively in your current relationships communication is key whether you had an abusive partner or one who simply didn't care about your thoughts and feelings you may not have been able to deal with this for yourself or by yourself so hopefully if you are in that situation please do go out and talk to a mental health professional you you stayed quiet to defend yourself from anger the fear of rejection and other negative experiences but as a result you didn't learn to advocate your, for your needs fear of failure comes up an awful lot when you don't want to fail at your dream job in your relationship a diet or even being a good at your a parent you might unintentionally sabotage your own efforts our brain acts like a computer it protects us from the unknown it protects us from failing but if your past results are not let's say not very successful your brain is going to remember those and attach those feelings to that side of things so if you failed on diets over and over again your body and your brain is protecting you from your past results so it's going to obviously maybe say to yourself right maybe i am not worthy of this but that's a thought that kind of comes in that's an opinion that your brain has created because it's trying to protect you wanting to avoid failure can lead you to avoid trying you kind of can look at loads of information up on social media you can read as many books as you want you know what to do but you never act on it if you don't try you can't fail is one of those things that kind of said so your unconscious mind might present you with excuses and ways to sabotage yourself for example, imagine you're in a new relationship that's going very, very well. 
so well in fact you believe it's only a matter of time before something happens to end it this is too good you tell yourself it can't last something's going to ruin this something's going to happen and you don't want to face it to the end so you begin retreating from your partner losing the communication closing yourself off emotionally and starting arguments for the sake of it generally speaking you're motivated to bring about your own failure as you aren't surprised when it happens so you're almost like i'm not worthy of being in a relationship so i may as well as end this you have a need for control self-sabotaging behaviors can also develop from your need to control a situation when you're in control you might feel safe strong and ready to face anything that kind of comes your way some types of self-sabotage provide this sense of almost control what you're doing may not be great for your emotional health or relationships but it also helps you stay in control when you feel vulnerable a lot of people struggle to feel vulnerable they're scared of how they want to feel take procrastination for example maybe you're putting off that research paper maybe you're and deep down you're worried you won't be able to write it as well as you hoped you know writing at the last minute won't help the quality of the actual paper but it will help you control of that outcome because you choose to write at the last minute this can also happen in relationships opening up to someone emotionally can feel incredibly vulnerable keep but by keeping things in you maintain what feels like the upper hand but at the end of the day you aren't reaping the rewards of building intimacy by sharing any vulnerabilities which is really really important so some of the tips that have helped some of my clients is kind of the tips for overcoming it behaviors that worked for you in the past generally don't help as much as as much as once as, as kind of circumstances change like there has to be a bit of uh feedback is in the failure uh failures in the feedback it's really really important to to kind of make sure you understand that in fact like the the circumstances the past behaviors they also often cause more harm but you keep going doing them because they worked for you once and once upon a time they actually did work for you but there is some good news out there it's possible to disrupt self-sabotaging patterns with a little effort and the big word there is effort identifying the behaviors it's not all always easy to examine your actions deeply enough to be to note patterns of self-sabotage admitting you are potentially self-sabotaging is painful it's um, it, it can be something that you're you're you don't want to acknowledge you may be kind of in denial about it as well but it, it's not easy but nothing worthwhile is as cheesy as that sounds nobody rushes to that conclusion we tend to avoid it for as long as possible pushing it down the down the river pushing it down the mountain pushing it down the road until we have no choice to face it if you feel comfortable examining your behavior to find patterns it helps to look at areas of your life of your life where things kind of seem to be regularly going wrong whether it be your diet whether it be your love life whether it be work do you kind of does anything kind of stand out does anything common kind of keep coming up more and more for example maybe you detach from relationships and begin picking fights once your partner says i love you or maybe you have a pattern of kind of quitting jobs right before your annual review because you're fear you're afraid of getting the feedback learn kind of what sets you off once you figure out out your sabotaging behavior or your self-sabotaging behavior take note of when you do these things what makes you feel like you have to act out maybe an angry tone in your partner's voice reminds you of being yelled at in childhood and that sets you off you always shut down even when the anger isn't directed at you you just become a recluse other triggers that often put self-sabotaging behaviors into motion include boredom fear things going well and self-doubt track your your triggers in a journal everyone who works with me 
knows I'm a huge advocate of journaling. Some people think it's a bit wishy-washy, airy-fairy, whatever the terminology may be. But there's a direct link from where my headspace is now and the the fact that I started journaling. And it's not going to happen overnight. Some people are afraid to put thoughts down onto a page because they don't know what's going to come out. Practicing mindfulness, whatever that looks like to you. This could also be a wishy-washy, airy-fairy term that you may not be ready for or want to go down. Or also the kind of the through the one would be non-judgmental awareness of your thoughts and behaviors in the present moment can also help. Practice getting comfortable with failure. It's normal to feel afraid of rejection, failure, and other emotional pain. These things are generally not fun to deal with. So you take steps to avoid them, you don't try at all. So say if you're looking to start a diet, you're better you feel that you may be better off not starting at all. These these become problematic when the steps you take involve self-sabotage you might prevent unwanted experiences you may not want to go out with friends and being afraid to eat and being seen in social situations or being seen in bathing suits or in the going into the sea swims or whatever it may be but you're also bound to miss out on things that you want such as strong relationships close friends or career opportunities because you're you're afraid we can't read people's life uh, minds we cannot future predict. If you can future predict, ask yourself, what are the lotto numbers? We cannot read minds. Once that kind of penny dropped for me, that was a massive, massive win. That was a massive, massive stress release and a relief for me that I stopped trying to do what other people were trying to do, stopped trying to act in a certain way to fit into societal norms, trying to uh, move away from the likes of guess second guessing what everyone was saying i can't tell what other people are saying if someone makes a comment to me that person is probably never going to thought think about that comment ever again but you've got to ask yourself what that comment has said to you why is that impacting you in such a way and there's the famous analogy of the purple polar bear if someone called you a purple polar bear you'd be like what the hell are you talking about but if someone said something a trigger like oh you're fat you're angry you're pudgy you're thin, you have no muscle or you're skinny or whatever it may be and that triggers you and then you get emotional about it, you become angry about it, you become sad about it. You need to ask yourself why are those, where are those feelings coming from and do a little deep dive. It's not going to be easy, You, it's not going to be comfortable. I've done it and I wasn't comfortable and it's not going to happen overnight, nothing ever will be. But really 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 important to kind of talk about it as well if you notice certain patterns keep appearing in your relationships or your progress or anything like that try talking to the people you're close to about them the importance of the inner circle importance of having those people around you and take advice off people who have walked the walk and talked the talk do not take advice off people who potentially if you're on a weight loss journey and you were taking advice off a yo-yo dieter or you there's nothing wrong with taking advice off them but would you swap places with those? And that's what I always use. If I'm taking advice off someone, I will always go to someone who was, who has been there and done that and is successful in that certain area. And it's very, very important to make sure that you are reaching out to those people. It's very easy to become reclusive. If you are feeling lonely and you are not coping with it very well and you're not making like it's very very easy to kind of become very very introvert if you're feeling a not in a headspace and that's the hardest part when you're down at those at that level and i'm talking from personal experience in that regard 
But if you're pushing people away, it's counterintuitive. You're lonely. You're not. You're looking for human interaction. We're social beings. We're social. We're social animals. It's what we do. It's gone from. If you look, read the book *Sapiens*. They taught their 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 number one thing that they used to do when they meet up was gossip. That's what we're. That's what that's what human race has shown from from the, all the way back to the Stone Age. But it's super super important to like if you are feeling that way, there is support out there. If you potentially have pushed people away in your family or your friends or anything like that. Why are you doing that? Do you not feel worthy of feeling a certain way or wanting to talk to someone? Everyone has stuff going on. I'm very conscious to stay in my lane on this. If you are struggling, please do go and talk to a mental health professional. What didn't help me was becoming a recluse, pushing everyone away. And talking from experience, you will need to be ready to do that. But what is potentially not going to help is continuing to push people away because people will only take so much pushing away before and then they're not like a boomerang they're not going to come back obviously there's people in your lives that are really really important to you like your parents and stuff like that and your your few close friends and they will always be there for you but if you keep pushing them back they can only be pushed for so long it's really really important to make sure that you say this self-sabotaging behavior out loud and that can prevent you from carrying it out plus it can also be a powerful learning experience when the situation plays out along a kind of different path not down the path of self-sabotage which you've walked down too often identify what you really really want self-sabotage can happen when you're when you're looking for a way out these behaviors help suggest something about your situation isn't working for you if you feel unfulfilled at work because your daily tasks don't use any of your specialized skills you might start watching netflix whenever you're bored you're looking for escapism from potentially a life that you may not be happy with or you might tell yourself you want a relationship even though you're happiest when you're single you may think like the idea of being in a relationship and then just go on the apps and swipe for the sake of it in response every time you move past the, the casual dating stage you start creating conflict you look for an excuse to get out of it the most important thing here is when to seek help it's not always easy to recognize and stop self-sabotaging behaviors, especially patterns you followed for years on your own. If your efforts to try different behaviors and responses haven't worked or only work for a while, therapy may be a good option. There's no shame in needing professional support. The ego is the bit that's going to protect you. The fear of making yourself or feeling that you are looking a certain way to someone. That person's job is to look after and, look and, and give the best support they can. You cannot read people's minds. There may be something present you don't see. And having an outside opinion on someone else's walk the walk or as a mental health professional may be something for you. But sometimes it's not possible to un- uncover all underlying factors on your own. I know one of the clients was on recently and she was saying like she knew what to do. And then when you hear someone else say it, the penny drops and you're like okay I've, I've i've forgotten the basics i've forgotten about the self-compassion part i've forgotten about the the basic premise of getting some decent sleep in therapy can be, t- be particularly helpful for people with self-sabotage because at some point you might unintentionally begin sabotaging the therapy therapy process because you're fear of failure but by not doing it you're not moving yourself further along the line that you want it that that potentially needs to be brought down but you have to be ready for it a good therapist will pick up on this and help bring the issue which you probably weren't aware of underneath the service.
some of the tools that I've used um, with clients and stuff like that have kind of asking important questions. There's no such, no such thing as a stupid question. Um, and I think questions are really, really powerful. Asking the right ones at the right time can help help uncover an awful lot that people may not realize. So one of the questions I sometimes ask are kind of list two, three, four, five reasons you believe your life will be worth worse off when you achieve your goal. And some of the reasons that kind of come back um, and clients have been asked to kind of share these before I, I re- reveal these. I'm scared of dating. I know if I lose the weight, I'll have no excuse but not to get out there. I'm worried I'll never be able to eat my favorite foods again and I'll always feel deprived. I don't want to exercise for hours every day. These reasons have kind of one thing in common. Our subconscious mind believes that rationalizing ourselves out of weight loss will protect us. Protect us from failure. Failure or protect us from looking like a failure to people if we fail. But once we identify the real reasons that we're holding ourselves back, we can begin to counteract them. The, one of the other things is kind of challenging your fears. Question your reasons and poke holes in, in, in the logic that you've created in your mind. And that can help to remove the power of those. So one of the things that kind of can come up is, I don't feel like it's possible, so why bother trying? Nothing works long term and failing in front of everyone multiple times is embarrassing. Is it really true that nothing works long term? You've seen other people accomplish weight loss goals and you're just as capable capable as they are. Perhaps you've tried you tried what you've tried previously wasn't sustainable. Maybe you've tried those slimming clubs, maybe you've tried being keto Steve or whatever it may be. You're worth taking another shot on if it's gonna lead to being more content in yourself. Besides kind of most people's desire to lose weight and improve our health doesn't fade. We just tend to either realize our goals or rationalize them away when achieving them. It gets challenging. We look for a straight line of progress. There's an amazing book called The Motivation Manifesto. People are waiting for motivation to bring you to your destination. If you're waiting, it's like Dublin bus or a Dart or a public transport or whatever it may be. If you're waiting for, for that to bring you to your destination, you're going to be waiting a while. It's not about waiting for something to bring you to your destination. It's about you showing up when you don't want to. It's about showing up as bro or as, as, as kind of, um, yeah, as kind of bro as that sounds. It's really, really important to kind of say you are worthy. You are worthy of what you want to do. May it take a little bit more time? Yes, but what's the rush? Um, and I think it's really, really important that you do realize that. And you kind of rationalize to yourself that you that kind of challenging things aren't worth doing. And if we're honest, everyone usually comes down to just a few people anyway. And then one of the things that kind of come away is I'm worried about that I'll never be able to eat my favorite foods again. and I always feel deprived. That kind of goes off the premise of the diets that you potentially have tried before and they have taken out every single thing. They've taken out carbs, they've taken out other pieces of, uh, of of food and stuff like that. Any program that demands you give up your favorite food is shit. Every Any program that demands you give up your favorite food is ridiculous. Deprivation is not sustainable. You are better off having an inclusive diet rather than a restrictive diet. You can, of course, enjoy your favorite foods while losing weight. 
And this is something I work on so much with my clients on a daily basis, trying to change the language they use around their food, trying to change the language they use around themselves, trying to move them away from that kind of slimming club background. We teach, I teach my clients how to be fit and happy. I teach my clients to be content and not, and, and, and kind of fit in whatever, whatever that looks like. That could be a couch to 5K. That be, could be doing a photo shoot. Everyone is different. Everyone has different goals. Your goal may not be someone else's goal. But if you don't enjoy your life as you're losing weight, you'll never be able to sustain your weight loss. It's not about getting to the destination and saying, oh, I'll be happy then. Oh, I'll be happy when I'm forced on then. That's not what it's about. It's about understanding where you are at now and becoming content with the person that's looking at you in the mirror. If you're not happy with where you are at right now and you're not happy with the, the body you're looking at back, back at you every day, it's important to have positive affirmation saying to yourself and say to yourself, right, what have I achieved today? What what good thing has come to me? I, I walked my kid I walked my, my kid to school. I drank two litres of water. I went to the gym. I went out for a walk. I rang a friend today. Something as small as that. There's always a positive in there. If you just have to get out of that kind of brown coloured or shit coloured lens glasses that so many people are looking through. Yes, there are times when people and are struggling at the minute and I'm conscious of that. But it, we tell these stories to ourselves so often and we, over time we believe them. The other thing that kind of comes up is I don't want, when people think of fitness, they think they have to exercise over and over again. I don't want to exercise for hours every day. You don't have to. 80% of weight loss, if not 90% of weight loss or any fitness journey is going to be dead coming down to the likes of your food, your sleep, your stress management, the fiber, the water, the unsexy stuff. It's about why and how we eat. You have to have a why. Ask yourself, if I don't under, if I don't get to my goal or if I don't get to whatever my goal is, who else will be impacted? If you're on a weight loss journey, will you? I won't be able to play with my kids. I may not be around for my grandkids. Make an emotional attachment to what you're trying to do. And then try to remember that every time that you may not be in the headspace to do it and not rely on motivation. Motivation is too easy to rely on. It's a crutch that you've been leaning on for too long. You don't have to be one of these doing hit sessions seven days a week. If you enjoy hit sessions, amazing. But most people's bodies cannot recover from them because they're stressed all the time. They are looking for, they're not getting enough sleep. They're not getting any decent nutrition to their bodies. People could people kind of work their, their butts off in the gym and then they kind of get nowhere when they're kind of outside the gym. You're only in the gym for potentially 40 minutes to an hour a day. It's, it's what you do for the other 23 hours. It's what, what you do in between those times that will make the absolute difference. Then one of the other things you can do is kind of lift, list five reasons you believe your life will be better once you achieve your goal and future predict. Here are some of the examples I've kind of used from clients and clients have given me permission to use these again. I'll be healthier. I'll reduce my chances of getting, lowering my cholesterol or preventing heart disease. I'll have more energy for myself and my family, my kids. And if you attach that emotional attachment to your, the kids side of stuff, what you do and your kids will pick up on what you're doing. So if you're talking about yourself negatively, if you're struggling with yourself mentally, if you are looking at food as a crutch and not eating decent wholesome foods some of the time or majority of the time 
they're going to pick on the, up on those habits. Use the language that you've been using around food, sins, uh, bad foods, treats, all that kind of stuff. They're going to put pick up on those. It's about catching yourself around those. I'll be happy to be. I'll be feel happy to be in photos instead of hiding away from the camera. Is a massive, massive one. I love to use with clients. So often or not, people when they're taking the photos initially, they're like, "Oh, this must be the worst photo you've ever seen." This that, but yet once again, that person is trying to predict of what I'm thinking. You can't predict what I'm thinking. I'll be a good role model for my children so they don't repeat my negative food behaviors, which is a massive thing. I will finally stop worrying about my weight. I think until we identify and deal with kind of the reasons we fear success, we'll never be successful. Fear holds an awful lot of a lot of us back. Our old habits, our behaviors, our the way we talk to ourselves, the way we talk to others deep down hold us back a lack of knowledge about what's good for us is is rarely the problem in this day and age there's a lot of information out there it's about what picking what's picking it's about picking what's good for you and what you want to do a lot of people tend to suffer from consistent action they go on these spurts for two or three weeks and then they usually come down to doing nothing after for another seven or eight weeks and then they're like why haven't i got my goal they get frustrated and then they go back to old routine because of the fear the habit of oh i haven't hit my goal after three weeks i'm going to give it up it usually comes down to what's in between our ears which holds us back from most goals self-sabotage as i have said comes down to many different factors and i think it's super super important that we you need to keep in mind about recognizing these behaviors talk to a mental health professional you you'll feel so much better when you take the first step and kind of changing them please never feel alone loved ones therapists can all offer support there are many charities out there as well it's about changing the language of why bother what advice would you give to your kids what advice would you give to your best friends you wouldn't talk to yourself you wouldn't talk to your best friends the way you talk to yourself if you don't try it's too easy to hide in isolation or on your own it's too easy too easy to hide in silence rather than you're letting your behalf behaviors the the language that you're using the the fear them holding you back we're all looking for guarantees we're all looking for guarantees things are going to work out. That's not the case. You will learn more from the down times. I've learned more through my headspace being at the very, very rock bottom. I would not be listening, talking into this microphone right now. I'd be somewhere sitting at a desk right now that I didn't want to be. Who knows where I'd be? I'd probably be six feet under if I'm being 100% honest. My health scare happened for a reason. I don't want that some, that's that hap- wanting to happen to someone else. If you are struggling with this ideology of self-sabotage and feeling not worthy of looking after yourself, putting yourself first, it's super, super important to make sure that you you come into this world alone, you leave this world alone. You've got to accept who you are and what you want to become. We're all telling, we're all amazing at telling these stories. We're all great at telling these stories to other people without ever taking any action. We're scared. We don't want to fail in public. But what do you want to do when you're on your deathbed? Do you want to 
be the person that actually did something with their lives? Do you want to be the person who was happy and content in how they, how they felt? And that doesn't mean necessarily having the big glutes of the quads or whatever you see up on social media or having been six-pack Pete. It's about being content in what you want to do rather than dict- letting societal norms or, or social media norms dictate what you want to do. So if you are struggling, guys, please, please do talk to a mental health professional. That is, I didn't realise the episode was going to go on this long. Um, hope the episode has helped. I've talked about kind of the, the weight loss tips on kind of why we self-sabotage. I've talked about what self-sabotage is. I've talked about a few of the things that I use with my clients. Um, talking about it, learn what sets you off, practice getting comfortable uh, or uncomfortable with failure, um, identify what you really want, bring an emotional attachment to it. Everyone's worthy on what, how they want to look and feel. Everyone has the right to be what they want to become. Will it be a straight line? No. I'm not going to hear to, to kind of sugarcoat anything. Will it be a straight line of progress? No. Will you learn more about yourself during those shit times? Yes. So I hope this episode has helped, guys. If the episode has helped at all, please do tag me in your story. Leave a review up on iTunes. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. And uh, as always, your support has been incredible.